episode 181 with Bernie Marino. Fantastic conversation. Bernie, the uh, former car dealership owner and entrepreneur, is now running for U.S. Senate here in the state of Ohio. Primaries May of 2022, and of course the election in November of 2022. Fantastic conversation, hearing about Bernie's platform, his background, his agenda, and his mission to stop this socialism movement. Stop, you know, keep the democracy not go towards a socialist state, not go towards a communist state, which we're seeing more and more and more. That's his main agenda. He's also trying to eliminate cancel culture, amongst other things, and reinstill values into our youth, into our society. We've linked him in the show notes. And uh, as always, everybody, please continue to follow, like, share, comment, rate, review. The reviews and and comments, they're coming in, and uh, it continues to elevate the podcast. With that said... Here he comes. Please welcome the U.S. Senate candidate in the Republican Party, Bernie Marino. The Optimal Life. Bernie Marino, welcome to The Optimal Life. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's good to see you. So let's get right into it. I want to get into your story and your background. You're running for the senator position here in Ohio, U.S. Senate. And you have quite a story um, coming here uh, as a young kid to the United States from another country. We'll get into all that. I want to hear about your your story, your platform and agenda. But let's start with this. All right. Because I'm looking here. I've got Bernie Marino's Twitter um, in front of me as we speak. And just a few minutes ago, um, you're going back at it or at least attempting to call out Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan's the congressman, I believe 13th district here in Northeast Ohio. And um, he's been putting out some tweets in the past couple days. So one of them was two years of community college should be tuition free, pass it on. And you're asking him who's gonna pay for this, yada, yada, yada. He also just tweeted 20 minutes ago, the Voting Rights Act reshaped our democracy for the better. Now our most fundamental right is under attack and it's on us to fight tooth and nail to protect it. He then goes on a little bit further. And you said, this is the kind of lies and misinformation that I saw in South America. So let's start there. What is he saying exactly? And what's your rebuttal? Yeah, I mean, basically he's, he's spewing the same democratic propaganda that we've seen for years, uh, that Republicans wanna suppress votes. It's obviously not true. Uh, it's it's the kind of misinformation that you see in countries that uh, take a turn to the left, like Cuba, like Venezuela, like Peru is now, like China, like Russia. It's the same old tired cliche line. Uh, the reality is Republicans want to make it easy to vote, but they want to make it hard to cheat. Uh, the Democrats don't like that approach because the Democrats love cheating. Because if you've ever played a game with somebody who doesn't like to lose, which is what Democrats are, uh, they always like to change the rules and cheat. And uh, so they want to make it so that uh, you can ballast, ballot harvest, which means that I go into a, a, a assisted living facility and collect a bunch of ballots, uh, whether they were filled out by the person or me, who knows what's the chain of custody. Uh, it's just it's just crazy paying people for ballots, uh, bribing people, coyoling people into voting a certain way. Uh, that's all the kind of fraud that they want to institutionalize. Uh, if you look at a good model, you look at Ohio. Uh, Ohio has machine balloting and pap- with paper, and we audit both uh, at, after every single election. That's why we ran a good election in 2016 and 2020. It's why Donald Trump won by eight and a half points. 
in some of these swing states like Michigan, Arizona, Pennsylvania, certainly Georgia, they changed election laws at the last minute under the guise of COVID that made it much easier to have fraud. And that's what they want to institutionalize. And that's what they want to control on a national level. Uh, they really don't understand what makes this country fundamentally great and what uh, what was what the forming basis of this country. They really don't. So you're a successful guy. You came here and, and you created a, a brand for yourself. You created these phenomenal car dealerships here in, here in Ohio. Um, you've got all these great things. You've got a nice life. You've got a family. Why are you putting your name in the hat at this point in your life? For one, uh, so uh, Nathan, for one simple reason, uh, this country is going to go off a cliff. Uh, this is something I talked to about with people who weren't born in America. And I hate to say this, but those of us who came from another country really understand it the most because we had a country to go to. We've been down this path. We've seen where this road goes. We see that it does not end well, right? And we have passengers in that journey with us that don't think it's a, a problematic road. And I'm telling you, it does not end well. So if we don't change direction quickly in this country, we will lose America forever. And the world will lose the only place that stands for liberty and freedom anywhere on earth. So it deeply concerns me. And at the same time, uh, Nathan, what I'm sick of is the same tired, cliched politicians who don't know what they're doing, say one thing and do another, don't really understand policy, take all kinds of money from corporations and special interests, and don't vote for the voters. They vote for their own financial well-being. How does Nancy Pelosi, who's been in office for 60 years, afford a $40 million house? You tell me that. It's $175,000 a year salary. She can't be that good a saver, okay? It's <laughs> what they, There was a monetizer position. You saw what the Hunter Biden laptop story told us, how it worked. That's just how it was. This is what's so what, how does it, how does it work for people that don't know? These people are getting quote unquote salaries or paid to uh, on these other big corporations boards. Explain a little bit more on how somebody like Nancy Pelosi is living in that kind of mansion. Sure. So Google needs to pass a rule that does that helps them, right? So all of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi's husband gets preferred investment or a heads up that hey, we're about to buy XYZ company. They go out and buy those shares at ten dollars. The share shoot up to fifty. All of a sudden, they pocket pocket three or four million dollars. Nancy Pelosi's nephew or some other politician's friend gets it uh, becomes an LP at a venture firm where they get a ten percent allocation out of the blue because of course what they've got is access. Uh, it's it's absolutely totally crazy. Donald Trump called it out. It's a swamp. The reason everybody hated him is because nobody could buy him. Nobody could could uh, uh, could own him. He controlled himself, and that's what most politicians are. The most of them are controlled and owned, bought and paid for by special interests. That's why I won't take corporate PAC money. That's why I won't take uh, union money. But you look at every single one of my opponents, and I'm not talking about Tim Ryan. I'm talking about my Republican opponents. Every single one of them is taking the special interest money. What do you think that means? Do you think it means, hey, we just want to help you out? Or do you think it's because they want a quid pro quo? It's pretty obvious. So when you're saying they're taking the special interest money, you're you're refusing to do that because you don't want to be manipulated or quote unquote owned by these groups. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So I'm, I'm doing it the hard way, uh, going out to people one-on-one uh, -on -one and saying, I need you to invest in this campaign, make it a grassroots effort. And in doing that, we've outraised Jane Timken two to one, Josh by 50%, uh, 
These are people who have deep, deep Rolodexes, you know, decade uh, worth of fundraising experience. I've been at this for exactly four months today, and yet we still outraise them and Tim Ryan. Wow. So let's go back to it. You came here, like we said before, as a young child. Talk about where were you born? And I was yep, born in Bogota, Colombia, which is the capital of uh, Colombia. Colombia is, uh, was one of the great countries of South America, uh, but surrounded by the ideology of every leftist you could ever imagine. It's kind of like Israel, right? Uh, Israel is kind of in a tough neighborhood. Uh, now, Colombia is not as, in as bad of a neighborhood, but it's pretty bad from a socialist perspective. You got Venezuela, you got Cuba, like I said, Peru now, Brazil's a mess, uh, Nicaragua and uh, the uh, Triangle countries are a mess, uh, Argentina has been a mess, Chile's now a problem. So the socialist ideology is something that happens a lot in South American countries, uh, and it's, it's, it's a big problem. And it's led to the communist regimes, correct? The Fidel oh, yeah, Castro's yeah. And all- so, yeah. so those that you came how long were you in that country for so i was there i was there uh, just before my fifth birthday but i would go back all the time you know we have i have 44 first cousins just on my dad's side yeah. anyway so when the pope says to, not to use birth control we listen but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of cousins so we'd go back there all the time i also saw firsthand the demographic change of south florida if you've ever been to florida uh, let me tell you something. When I got here in 1971, is that you wouldn't recognize it from what it is today. Uh, barely anybody spoke Spanish. There so was very rare to find somebody who spoke Spanish, and now it's very rare to find somebody who speaks English. So, uh, <laughs> what what did that demographic change come from? Is people fleeing countries like the ones we just talked about? And when I say socialism, by the way, it's all the same: socialism, communism, Marxism, uh, fascism, uh, statism, authority, whatever you want to say, ism you want to use. At the end of the day, who controls your life? Do you, are you in control of your own life or is there a government elite that tells you what to do, what to think, and where to go? And uh, listen, uh, again, 50 years ago, it sounds crazy to think that that's anywhere resemble, resembling America, but look at what we got. We got Joe Biden telling us how many people we could have at our 4th of July, July party. You got people telling you you've got to get vaccinated, people telling you that you have to wear a mask, people telling you who's essential, who's not essential, what business can open, what cannot, what products you can buy at Home Depot. Remember that in Michigan, right where certain parts of Home Depot were closed off? You can't buy those materials. You're gonna buy these materials, right? You have to go down an aisle a certain way, all in the name of a virus, which has been around all of human history. We've had respiratory illnesses, Uh, but all of a sudden this one became uh, the reason why uh, all freedoms had to be suspended. Uh, I think our our, uh, ancestors or forebearers that stormed the beaches of Normandy to fight for freedom would be appalled that we wouldn't even be willing to stand up for freedom on a virus that has a 0.01 chance of affecting us. It's pretty Mm. uh, sad to see America go down that road. So the virus is an opportunity for governments to get bigger and for the people to get smaller. And that's what we've seen here. The government has 100%. completely taken over everybody's lives, and they're doing things that I don't know if it's right, wrong, if it's constitutionally legal. I mean, you have New York City now, a mayor in New York City saying you need vaccine passports to come into the establishments and all these different things. I mean, elaborate on some of this and what's your take on all that? Yeah, I want, you know, let's put a different lens on it for a second. So imagine during the AIDS crisis, right? I was a kid back then uh, in the mid 80s. Imagine if we had treated people who had that disease the same way. Right, that, because you may not be old enough to remember, but during that period of time, nobody knew how AIDS was transmitted. We know now, right? But we didn't know then. The idea was that if somebody breathes, uh, 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 you know, 
uh, breathed on you or came in contact with you or your skin touched, you know, just your arm or your hands, that you could get AIDS. Imagine if we said to people, you can't walk into a restaurant, you can't come indoors, you can't go to the gym if you have AIDS. Uh, it, you know, the world rightfully so would have been appalled by treating people that way. Uh, yet, so we saw. And I'll go back to another point you made, which is the government getting bigger. The government hasn't just gotten a little bit bigger. The government has gotten gigantically bigger. We spent $9 trillion over and above the normal budget in the name of COVID relief. We have flowed so much money out of DC uh, that it is causing uh, what we'll see right uh, soon uh, is that kind of hyperinflation that we saw during the end of the Carter presidency, something that people haven't seen in a generation. And any kind of wage increase that they're happy about right now is going to be wiped out and then some uh, by the inflation that's coming. Yeah, it's, it's it's super scary. And these are the type. But let me ask you, why? Why? When we see the Fidel Castro's, we see the people in, in South America struggling uh, getting crushed. We see what socialism and communism can do to the people. You don't have a voice anymore. You don't have your freedoms like we have enjoyed here for centuries. So why then, playing the other side, why would there be so many politicians, especially the far lefts, that would want to duplicate that? Is this all about just power? What What is the motivation? Well, if you've seen how these uh, people live, it's great. It's a great life. I mean, think about it. Listen, you have to do things the hard way. You have to create a business. You have to take risk. You have to sweat it out every single day, not knowing whether you're going to be successful or not. Uh, that's what entrepreneurs do, whether it's your, your mom, your dad, you, anybody you know. That's hard. But imagine how much easier it is just to take power from people, take money and, and, and uh, uh uh, power and prestige for yourself and have it be given to you, right? Uh, you look at how Castro lived, that guy lived like a king, right? They show him in army fatigues, give me a break. Uh, Chavez, uh, that guy had castles upon castles. Putin is one of the wealthiest men on earth, yeah. right? Uh, so that's why they do it. They want power in a craven, desperate way. Like you don't understand because typically conservatives don't want that. You don't want power from other people. You want to empower yourself. Now, for why do people buy into it? It's a drug. It's a drug. I've seen people who are, if you've ever known somebody who's addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, it's really the same thing because it's this promise, Nathan. It's this idea that, listen, I'm going to solve all of your problems. You won't have anything to worry about. You need, you need college tuition? Got that for you. You need a place to live? Got it for you. You need a car, transportation? Got it for you. You need uh, to make a certain amount of money? I'll do that for you. Right now, of course, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. But... It's a seductive lie, right? If I can promise you that I'll solve everything and make your life so much easier and everything's a human right, everything that you can think of as a human right, having a Rolls Royce is a human right, having a private jet is a human right, right. having a vacation, I'll give it all to you. Of course, I, I, what I do is give you nothing but misery, which is why the people of Cuba are rising up right now, which is why the people of Venezuela tried to rise up. But you know, there's one reason they can't because they were disarmed a decade ago. Mm. They, and if you read Federalist 46, which is James Madison's, one of the shortest Federalist papers, he says that the reason we have to have a population that carries weapons is to protect ourselves from overambitious government. And uh, they didn't have that uh, same kind of mantra in Cuba and Venezuela and Peru and China and Russia. Otherwise, the citizens would have gotten rid of these people a long time ago, but they can't. And that's something that we just always have to fundamentally remember. That is, this is so 
this is such a scary time in our in our lives. Okay. Well, it goes back to your first question, which is why am I doing this? Because yes. the cliff is not far away. We're not listen, we lose, I promise you this. I'm not listen, I'm the most optimistic guy on earth, right? We lose 2022. We don't take the house back, and heaven forbid we lose the Senate. We will see an acceleration that will make this six-month period of time look like nothing. And we may and most likely will hit an inflection point in which we will never, ever get our country back. And what would happen? What would happen if, for some reason, this country does become socialist, does become communist, Marxist, whatever you're saying? What happens to us? I mean, you just touched on it, but go into a little more detail on what you've heard from your families and the people that you know back there. We Actually, you know, here's the good news. You don't have to imagine it. Uh, go to Venezuela. Go to Cuba. Right. Go to Peru now. Go to China. Go to Russia. You know, in China, if you and I are walking down the street in China and we say that, uh, hey, it'd be great to visit the country of Taiwan, you and I could go to jail. Not punished, not uh, hey, reprimanded, not shunned, not bullied on social media, right? Yes. Literally go to jail because that's not allowed. You can't say the word Winnie the Pooh in China because President Xi looks like Winnie the Pooh. He doesn't like it when people call him that. So you can go to jail for that. And in, in go Russia, to jail for saying Winnie the Pooh. Yes, or for having a Winnie like the Pooh t-shirt because he so looks. There's like no that laws. You're saying you're, you're saying the law is whatever he feels like it. It's supposed to be. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. I mean, we like I said, we don't have to imagine it. It's it's misery for all, and uh, it's a great so life. Joe for Biden the wants to throw everybody in, into uh, their basements or into prison. Uh, you know, and well, that's an inversion that's not wearing their masks, right? Exactly. Well, not, it's it's not only you don't wear a mask, you're you're uh, you don't care about humanity. Therefore, you should be punished. Hey, I'll give you an example that should send chills down your spine. Listen, what happened on January 6th is terrible. Republicans always, always are the party that backs the police and is all about law and order. That's fundamentally one of the things that it means to be a conservative. So anybody who pushed a police officer, disrespected a police officer, didn't follow their laws, in my opinion, should get punished accordingly. Right. So what's the punishment for disorderly conduct and uh, trespassing? Is it six months in solitary confinement with no trial date? Because that's what's going on right now. We have people in federal prison for trespassing that have no trial date and have been in a cell for six months. Now, on the other side of the equation, we have people who looted our cities. We saw it firsthand. You saw it downtown Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Right? What a disaster. Horrible. I mean, businesses. Horrific. Imagine if that happened to your business. Imagine you walked in one day to your business and you saw windows smashed, your computer sad. stolen. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. All those charges waived. Never oh, even geez. went to trial. Right. Yet a 70 year old grandma who walked into the Capitol following what was going on, kind of almost let in, didn't break one thing, but trespassing. She shouldn't have been there. Right. What's the fine? I don't know. hundred bucks, 200 bucks, six months in jail, no trial date, solitary confinement. Oh, so you tell God. me, uh, are we heading down that road? Uh, and I don't want to be an like alarmist. Yeah, we definitely are. We definitely are a justice department that's suing the state of Georgia for passing of common sense voter ID laws that are less restrictive than places like Delaware and New York, New York State, right? But the Justice Department is weaponizing that. An attorney general that wants to punish a former president because he doesn't, and she doesn't like him. Think about that. Those are, those are socialist, Marxist, communist kind of weapons where you do that to your prior opponents. It's, it's the kind of stuff that I never thought we'd see in America, and yet we are. 
Well, who is speaking of this police and all this stuff? Who, who's the woman that you retweeted a few down? Um, and you said I've never. This is takes insanity to a whole new level. She's talking about she'll, she'll, she wants the two hundred thousand dollars to protect her, but she wants to defund the police. What, what what's going on with this? Yeah, so it's Cori Bush. She's a representative from St. Louis. I mean, you talk about uh, social unrest, ground zero, right? St. Louis. You remember Ferguson? Oh, yeah. In which uh, Michael Brown was the good guy, the cop was a bad guy. Of course, after even Obama's Justice Department investigated it, they found the police officer did exactly the right thing. It was justified, right? correct. Totally. By the way, this isn't me or you saying that. Right. This is Eric Holder's uh, Justice Department said that. Right. And yet all that's forgotten. This lady is a complete lunatic. She was actually in the march where they broke into those people's homes, the McCluskey's. And uh, now she's saying she needs to defund the police, but at the same time asking you and me to pay for her security. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Two sets of rules. Everybody lives in misery, but I live in the comfort of knowing that I have a big, powerful position. I get to tell you what to do. I get to live like a king or queen in her case. And uh, that's totally normal to her. Uh, because by the way, let me just explain this to you. They wanna defund the police and demoralize the police because police are under local control. Mm. So you, your citizens of your local city, you control your local police department. What they want is nationalized police because that way that's what they control. So they want a national police force. And I, I wouldn't be surprised that soon you start talking about uh, you know national standards or national police uh, uh, departments and getting rid of these pesky local sheriffs and pesky local police departments that answer to the local citizens. Uh, that's also part of the playbook. That's part of the agenda. Absolutely. I mean, where, when you think about it, where does it come from, right? And by the way, if you ask people in these cities and these communities where there's a lot of crime, they want more police. Police is what makes us be able to sit here comfortably knowing that we're okay because they're the ones keeping us safe. Uh, but they want to take that away because, again, they want to fundamentally destroy the country to reimagine it in a way that benefits them and nobody else. They don't want the police until they're the ones being victimized. Then they're calling the police. Of course. Yeah, yeah they're police that they control. They're that police. protects yeah. them and nobody else. Exactly. Why, why, in your opinion, did Trump lose? I mean, this is a craziness, what we're seeing. Why, in your opinion, did Trump lose to Biden? Well, I, you know, there's a lot of people who, who question the results of that election, rightfully so, and we should get to the bottom of that for sure. Uh, but as I said, listen, it's, a, it's it, when you have, think about this, when you have universities, every major media organization, except for maybe one, big tech, right, all convening to put this, uh, their, their, forget the thumbs, their entire bodies on the scale. Uh, I'll say this, I, I, this is the one that should shock everybody. So just the Hunter Biden laptop story itself, which was censored by big tech, not covered by any of the media, was supposedly the scandalous rag, the New York Post that published this story. They did a survey after the election that said, if you knew that that story was true, which today we know unequivocally it's true, there's no debate, we know it's true, would you have changed your vote? 12% of Democrats, Democrats mm -hmm. would have changed their vote. You don't even need a fraction of that for this election to have wow. swung towards Donald Trump. Wow. Uh, so by the way, in comparison, in 2016, when they said Russia, 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 Russia changed the election, Russia stolen, there's a Netflix documentary, I went and saw it with 
some friends at Martha's Vineyard where I go for liberal immersion once a week or once a year <laughs> to understand the liberal mind. Right. There were literally people crying after that movie. It was $100,000 of Facebook ads that the Russians paid for to help Donald Trump. And, and that was what that was the media coverage was worth in one minute during the 2020 election. So it's, it's, so I, it's, it's, we can never have an election like that again. We really can't. It's not, our, our democracy can't withstand that kind of unfairness in our election. But there's a vast, process. there's a huge population of people on the left that don't want a socialist country, correct? Well, I think what happens is there's a, there's a definitely a, 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 a fight uh, for the soul of the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. uh, which is not covered by the media. Right now, the extreme left, the socialists, are winning and winning big. Look at look at just yet just the other day, the Supreme Court has ruled that eviction moratoriums are unconstitutional. Now, by the way, that should end it, right? We have, we have three three uh, four, uh, three uh, branches of government, right? Write the rules, enforce the rules, interpret the rules. Mm -hmm. So the Supreme Court ruled this eviction moratorium is illegal. Biden says, hey, listen, nothing I can do. Supreme Court says that. The hard left, the socialists go crazy. AOC, right? Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. Biden now, the guy in charge of enforcing our laws, says, I'm putting that eviction moratorium back on, even though I know it is illegal. Uh, just process that for a second. The guy in charge of enforcing our laws has now put in forward saying he will purposely violate the laws of this country as if every single person that owns rental property is the bad guy and every single person who rents and doesn't pay rent is the good guy. Uh, it's twisted. It's crazy. It's certainly in a time when there's 9.2 million job openings and McDonald's is paying a $1,000 signing bonus to go to work. You're rewarding people who don't pay rent. And in violation of the Supreme Court and just to buy yourself another 60 days and deprive people who rightfully deserve to be paid rent, it's sick. And that's the kind of stuff that you'd see in a country like Venezuela, China, Russia. It's nuts. Paint the picture. You said if, God forbid, the Republicans lose more seats and the entire government bodies, whether Congress, Senate, uh, obviously, the presidency is all uh, Democrat, and like you say, a lot of extremists, far, far left. Um, what does it look? What is what is this 2022, 2023? What does it look like in this COVID era? What what, what could they potentially continue to do to us? I'd say the analogy this way: Let's say that you and I got into the DeLorean and went back to 2018, right? So now we're sitting here, and it's it's the summer of 2018, right? And I painted a picture for you of the summer of 2021, right? Million people crossing the border illegally in six months, 220,000 apprehended just one month, inflation off the charts, uh, all the stuff with COVID around government overreach, printing 40% more dollars, uh, all these things that we just talked about with evictions and energy independence going away and kowtowing back to Russia. And I mean, all this stuff that, that's ha that is happening. Mm. And I told you those things in 2018. You'd have me off your show in a minute. You say, "Oh my God, I just talked to the craziest man I've ever met in my life." This guy, <laughs> you'd call, you'd call the mental hospital. Yeah, saying, exactly. Get hey, this guy I'm away. Sending, I'm, sending guy your way. <laughs> I'm sending a patient <laughs> your way. He's going to be there for life. Yes. Uh, all right. If if we if we lose in 2022, Ohio's the the keystone for that because there's no path for a Republican majority in the Senate without Ohio. We lose this seat 
everything that you just saw from 18 to 21 will be exponentially worse in 24 or 25. What the left will do is here's what you're going to see. Yeah. You're going to see two more stars on our flag, D.C. and Puerto Rico, four more senators that are Democrats. You're going to see an immigration policy that turbocharges what you're seeing at the border right now. You're going to see amnesty for every single person that's crossed into this country illegally, which is why what they're counting on, which is why they're coming in such mass numbers. You're going to see more government spending that would just absolutely boggle your mind. Green, Remember, AOC said $10 trillion wasn't enough. $10 trillion is not enough money. We need $20, $30, $40 trillion. You'll see this idea that the government should own critical industries. Why tell Facebook what's appropriate to publish on their platforms when you, can, you just take it? Why not have Facebook be a government-controlled agency, right? You have a department of Facebook, a department of social media. And AOC can run that. She'll tell you what you can and can't say every day, uh, what you can and can't do every day. We'll have kids in remote learning scenarios. We'll have the teachers' unions taking kids from as early as first grade, indoctrinating them into the idea that uh, that you're white, you're a bad person, you're Hispanic, you're a victim. By the way, here's what's crazy. You're Jewish, you're an oppressor. When did that happen? Right. <laughs> the Jews become the oppressors. Well, when Palestinians were considered people of color, by the way. Israel, no, 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 no. Israel doesn't deserve to be a country. Uh, it needs to give citizenship to every single Palestinian in, in uh, the territories that uh, they call Palestine, which is a total farce. Uh, you'll see us uh, re-engage in a big way with China, where all of a sudden China... Uh, is is our trading partner because uh, we want to help have them help us with uh, global warming. You'll see us cripple our industries as we try to uh, figure out how to have climate change happen. Uh, you'll see what we see now, which is uh, uh, the idea that uh, uh, we need to do everything in our power to help uh, uh, fight climate change by kowtowing to China. That's what will happen. Uh, I, now, <laughs> That's it? with that said, Nathan, with that said, it won't. It won't happen. And we'll look back at this time and say, wow, we needed this kick in the butt to get us in the right direction. But it's not going to happen without us all engaging and fighting like crazy to make sure we have a big conservative win uh, in every single position next year. Yeah, so it just feels like people have just lost the, their minds almost. I don't ever remember in my 40 years something as crazy and as fanatic and frenzy as it is now you've got you know the the woke left right that's one of your that's one of your main agendas on your platform is to this yeah. this you want to cancel the cancel culture well because cancel people, culture is all part of what we talked about cancel yeah. culture is telling you what to say and do and think yeah and you got these people like boys becoming girls and then playing in girls sports you know like what when did that how is that even morally right? Like, how do you justify this? You know, like people in my mind have really lost it. Listen, if you want to transgender all that, that's that's your right. But when you then start crossing over and playing in sports and those kind of things, that's where I have a have a problem. And this is just one little piece of the entire woke generation. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, uh, we're all God's creatures. God created all of us. And whatever plan he had for us, he had for us. And that's fine. And we should love and embrace him and never hate on anybody. But like you said, that doesn't make it right for a biological male to play in female sports. It's, it's wrong to women. It sets women way back. Ironically, the feminist movement is quiet on this topic, as I said, a word. Uh, just shows you how you have this dogma of this is what's cool and popular to say. And anybody who challenges is just a bad person. You know, you and I have the ability to have 
um, the right to say what we do and, uh, and, and, and say without really worrying about it, honestly, right? We don't worry that if I have a position that people won't like, that it's gonna harm me financially. Imagine the people who don't have that freedom, who work for these woke corporations, right? And mid-level management that need that job, need that career, need that promotion, need the healthcare, right? And they, they feel like, hey, listen, I can't speak about this because mm. I'll get fired. I'll lose my job. I'll be canceled from, uh, from uh, just being able to make a living. I mean, those are the people that right now we don't even think about because we're not in this position. I can say whatever I want. I don't have to worry about it. Thank God I got financial freedom and independence, uh, but others don't. And that's, those are the people that we really genuinely have to worry about. And that's what I'm going to be fighting for in D.C. And people will not be able to ever achieve that financial freedom and independence that you've been so blessed to achieve if we continue down this path towards Cuba. Well, here's the thing. What they want is we want equality of opportunity. That's what the Republican conservative movement's always been, been about. I don't want to rig game for anybody. I want everybody to have an equal shot at the American dream. And through work, dedication, creativity, innovation, you set and chart your own destiny. That's what's made America fundamentally an amazing country forever. Mm. What the left wants is they want equality of outcomes. They want everybody to end the same. But that's a lie because it can't happen. And by the way, just to let you know whether you think this is how real this is, just a month ago, I was on a board call at Tri-C, Cuyahoga Community College, and they actually wanted to insert that into their mission statement, that we seek equality of outcome. Think about that. Everybody gets an A. The problem is that everybody's not an A student. So what happens is instead of you having people who achieve greatness, everybody achieves mediocrity or below. Oh. And that's what the less, that's the less mantra. That's really fundamentally the question. It's can you have everybody end up the same? And can we have a small elite peop of people, a small little autocrat somewhere in some state far off capital? Can, is they, are they better off telling you, Nathan, how to live your life? Uh, and are they better at doing that than you are? That's, those are the questions that, that are being answered right now in this election. So the primaries are coming. When, when is the primary vote? It's in May. So voting will start in April. Uh, the primary is in May. Uh, we win the primary, then the general election is in November. So you've got, I don't know, a half dozen other candidates running in this election on the Republican ticket. You're one of them. Most likely, I'd say that Tim Ryan's going to be the guy that you guys have to beat, right? So um, my first question, we're going to finish it up here. My first question for you is why Bernie Marino on the Republican ticket? One of the things that is fascinating to me about uh, running for public office, again, obviously doing this for four months, is three things. Number one, uh, losing is encouraged. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Right? <laughs> you got to build up your state name ID. So go out and lose four or five times. Right. Like, imagine in business, I come in and, and interview for a job as CEO. Hey, I've, I've bankrupted the last four companies, but man, I learned a lot. I'm ready to take your company. Well, that's like a career up. politician, too. That's all <laughs> it's they do is lose. It's all they do. So that's so that's losing is encouraged. It's nuts. Secondly, people talk about what they're going to do and get away with cliches about what they're going to do instead of talking about, well, what have you done when the time came? I have a track record of success. I've never lost in my life. I have a track record of actually doing things. Uh, try see that same try see. I, when I got there, the scholarship, uh, my scholarship uh, program I put in place, we graduate kids at, kids at an 83% clip. 
these kids used to graduate at a one or three percent clip. I changed that dynamic. When we talk about critical race theory, okay, I'm against it. I think it's terrible. They all say that. But what did they do when they had that opportunity? I was uh, the chair of the board at Cleveland State University. I made freedom of speech a priority. We're the only university in all of Ohio rated with a green rating from the institute that measures that. Jane Timken is the chair of the board at uh, Kent State, orange uh, uh, rating. Didn't do anything for free speech when she had the opportunity to do it. So don't tell me now that you're gonna do something about critical race theory when you had an opportunity to do free speech on campus and didn't do crap. These lockdowns, right? It's super popular. You know, let's burn a mask in a stairwell. What could go wrong, right? Uh, I'm all <laughs> against it. But when push came to shove last year, when it wasn't popular to do something about it, crickets, not a word. Uh, when you could, when I'm not a Hollywood celebrity, I'm not on Fox News every night. I'm not the state party chair. I am not somebody who's run for statewide office four or five times out of a big platform. Yet none of them said a damn word, except now all of a sudden they're running for public office and they want to talk all about how lockdowns and mask mandates and vaccine passports are bad. Give me a break. It drives me crazy. The one thing I hope, Nathan, that we get out of this election is let's stop electing the same kind of person to public office who do one thing and say another, who yes. don't actually can't, can't back up their, their words with actions. We have to end that and change that. If we want to change Washington, change the people we're going to send to D.C. That's that would change Washington. Beautifully said. So you versus, let's fast forward, it's 2022 November, you versus Tim Ryan. How are you going to get it done? How are you going to get it done? Oh, my God. That's, no. Listen, I don't is, think Is that a granted, softball question for you? Is that's, that a a softball? Softball? That's, a, that's a softball because here's the thing. <laughs> if, if things were fair, if it was a fair competition, I'd beat him by 90 points, okay? But here's the thing. The media is going to give him all of the passes in the world. They're going to they're going to say all kinds of terrible things about me, praise him like crazy. So they're going to make it an unfair fight. But here's a guy who's done nothing his entire life, like literally nothing. He has been an expense to the taxpayers his entire life. He has never created any opportunity beyond the paycheck that he's gotten. This is a guy who's been in office literally as long as he could have gotten a job. He could not be employed anywhere else. And he has zero track record. Votes 100% of the time with Nancy Pelosi and AOC. Has failed his constituents. Couldn't even keep the one General Motors plant that he had in his district. Lost that to Mexico. Uh, well, and then brings in- That was your internship yeah, days, right? Yeah, and, and so he loses his one factory. His, he lost his home county in his last election. The people who know him best don't like him, right? And here's the thing. He is a guy that just is cliche and repeats cliches and, and, and has, it says no track record at all. So it'll be a very, very, very uh, uh, good and, and, and contrasting uh, election to have me against him. I know I'm the candidate who could best defeat him uh, because I, I have the opposite. I have a proven track record of actually accomplishments for the people of Ohio, even for the people of his district. Uh, that he has uh, failed to do. So uh, I look forward to relishing uh, those debates with him. There's a guy who's got zero substance. Uh, he'd be like that 80s commercial, Where's the Beef? He's that big bun with a tiny little beef. <laughs> All sizzle, no steak. That's what I always say. Exactly, exactly. All sizzle, no steak. You're electable, you're, you're, you're likable, you're successful, and you know how to connect to people. That's what people need again. They need to feel connected. doesn't matter what side of the aisle on you. There's a bunch of people that are in the middle. You know, that that that's those are the people that you're going to pull over. So 
Uh, maybe we should get a, a little theme song starter for you. Remember, Bernie, Bernie. Oh, yeah, the bowl. We can do something like that, right? There you go. There you go. Hey, is this is this a podcast that turns into like a rap thing? Is this yeah, great? that's what we do at the end. Uh, online, where where can people find you? Uh, so, uh, thank you for asking. So, it's Bernie Marino, M O R E N O dot com. Uh, there's a link there to invest in a campaign. Uh, whether it's five dollars or five hundred dollars, every dollar is very, very appreciated. Uh, we need volunteers. Uh, if you uh, have a group, if somebody's listening, they have a group they want me to come out and talk to, help spread the word. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please share this all over your social media platforms. Uh, if you don't like what you heard, cancel your social media platforms. So uh, that's, that's the advice for your listeners. Hey, man, uh, awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for today. We will be watching, and we'll make sure that we link you up in the show notes so everyone can find you there. That's fantastic. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. It's always great talking to you.